0: start your engine you're listening to the bill McAnally racing access show on BMRNAPA.com, featuring appearances by bill McAnally racing drivers todd gilliland riley herbst julia landauer and 2015 nascar KM pro series west champion chris eggleston now here's your host anthony alejandres Todd Gilliland helps his championship chances in Idaho, Julia Landauer has a career night, and Riley Herbst is heading to Dover for the K&N East Finale. I'm Anthony Alejandrez, and you're listening to the Bill McAnally Racing Access Show. Today on the show, we'll recap the Napa Auto Parts Idaho 208 from Meridian Speedway, and we'll preview the NASCAR K&N East Finale coming up this week in Dover that Riley Herbst and the number 19 NOS Energy Drink team will be taking part in. Our featured interview of the week will be driver of the number 50 Napa Filters Toyota Camry for BMR, our 2015 series champion Chris Eggleston will be joining the show. To get BMR access started today, we'll be recapping last weekend's Napa Auto Parts Idaho 208 for Meridian Speedway. Meridian was race number 13 of this 14-race NASCAR k and Pro Series West season, a very important race for Todd Gilliland and the 16-team, leading the points by 13 going into the race, needing a good result to keep that lead up going into the final race at Roseville. In qualifying, BMR was well represented at the front of the field, Chris Eggleston went out to post his laps, and he jumped out to the top of the board. He would hold the top spot until the final driver came out onto the track and took over that race lead. Chris would still come away with a front-row starting spot for this 208-lap race. Riley Herbst had a good qualifying effort as well, starting just one spot back at teammate Chris Eggleston in third. Todd Gilliland was solid in qualifying, picking up a fifth-place starting spot for this race in his number 16 Napa Toyota and Julia Landau would round out BMR's lineup in qualifying with a good 8th place run, leading into the race. When the sun went down at Meridian Speedway, it was time to go racing. After the race went to green, Chris Eggleston challenged for the race lead from the outside before settling into second, while his BMR teammates made up spots throughout the top 10. On lap 36, while running up in third, Riley Herbst would go for a solo spin and bring out the race's first caution flag. On the restarts following the next two caution flags, Chris Eggleston would challenge hard for the race lead, and on the outside on lap 60, Chris Eggleston would create the first lead change of the race, passing Ryan Partridge on the outside. After another caution shortly after, Chris Eggleston would move back into the second spot following a restart, and his teammates Todd Gilliland and Julia Landauer would move up in the running order into the third and fourth spots. Following lap 100 in the race, Riley Herbst was in the process of moving his way back through the field, and he was up to the seventh spot, but while moving through the lap traffic, Riley ended up going for another spin, bringing out yet another yellow flag. On a lap 135 restart with Todd Gilliland on the outside of the front row, he would take the race lead for the first time in a battle with Ryan Partridge. But just a few moments later, more trouble occurred for the 19 of Riley Herbst. This would be his worst hit of the night, being sent into the barrels in turn one and actually lifting part of the car off the ground. This would bring out a longer caution for a more extensive cleanup in this one. Through several more restarts as the race winded down, Todd Gilliland would continue to run second, The race restarted on lap 201, and just one lap later, with the field still very bunched up following a restart, Chris Eggleston would be spun from his top five running position that he had held all race to that point. Tough night at the track for both Chris Eggleston and Riley Herbst on a night when both drivers were spun while running in the top five. After a red flag occurred, the race went back to yellow and would be restarted on lap 214, six laps past the scheduled distance. It would be a two-lap shootout to decide the race. On the restart, Gilliland would get the jump and take over the race lead from Ryan Partridge, and going into turn 3, Partridge would make a last charge for the race lead, diving to the inside of Gilliland and forcing them both up the track just a bit before Partridge would go for a spin through turn 4. Todd Gilliland would escape with the race lead, and Julia Landauer would move into the second spot. The caution would fall for Partridge's spin, but Gilliland would take the white flag just before the caution, meaning the race was official and Todd Gilliland had picked up win number six of the K&N West season, and Julia Landauer would get her career-best second-place finish at Meridian Speedway. Chris Eggleston would recover from a late spin to finish in the ninth spot in this one. Riley Herps would have a very difficult night at the track. Three separate incidents would give him a 19th-place finish at Meridian Speedway. Moving into the championship picture now with just one race left to go on the K&N West season, Todd Gilliland comes away from Idaho with another win and pads that championship lead now up to 25 points with one race remaining. A few weeks ago on the show, Julia Landauer told us that a top five in points in a rookie season would be a very big deal and after her career best result at Meridian, she has arrived at the top five in points with one race to go. One spot back in sixth is Riley Herbst, a tough race for him last week after a long streak of top five finishes. And in seventh is Chris Eggleston, our guest on the show today. Very little racing luck for him in the second half of this season and unfortunately that continued late in the race at Meridian costing him a top five finish. Still one race left to go for the team, two for Riley Herp since he'll be racing in Dover this weekend. Very good chance for this team to finish the year strong. This race recap is brought to you by BMR Napa Auto Care Centers. If you need to get your car repaired, then bring it to the place with the best reputation in the community. Everything from general automotive repair to brake service, oil changes, tune-ups, to computer diagnostics, transmission service, and so much more. BMR Napa Auto Care is dedicated to getting your car running like it should be, and they are committed to delivering best in-class service. Schedule an appointment online today at BMRNapa.com or over the phone at 916-676-0010. They have two locations, Roseville and Antelope, California, both of which will get you that same great BMR service. That's BMR Napa Auto Care Centers, championship service from a championship team. After the break, we'll be joined on the show by 2015 NASCAR k and Pro Series West champion, Chris Eggleston. So stay tuned because that's just around the turn on BMR Access. This is Eric Holmes, and you're listening to the Bill McAnally Racing Access Show. Welcome back to the Bill McAnally Racing Access Show. We're coming out of Meridian Speedway, and now uh, this weekend BMR's got one car out of Dover, but we've got All-American Speedway coming up to wrap up the West season. And we're being joined by a driver who was in our last race at Meridian, started up front, finished ninth. Chris Eigleston joins us on the show today. How are you doing, Chris? I'm
1: doing good, Anthony. Thanks again, as always, for having me on your program.
0: Yeah, and thanks for joining us. And uh, for starters, I mean, we talked a little bit about Meridian last week, and uh, that was a track where you had raced out last season, and you uh, you were pretty fast early in the day in practice. Practice number one, you were in second place pretty fast on these quarter-mile tracks this year that you've been to. Going into the day, did you uh, anticipate a, a strong run and a good car?
1: Yeah, I kind of thought so, or at least envisioned that uh, prematurely throughout the weekend. You know, as you mentioned, we had a really good 50th anniversary Napa Filters Toyota. Uh, felt like we fired off uh, right off of the trailer, really good, really fast and consistent, uh, just a few minor small changes, and, and the thing was really well balanced. And, um, you know, Crew Chief Ty Joiner, he was testing the night before with another late model team, so he got there a little bit late, and we just soon as he got there we just continued to dig on our race program and uh, felt like we got it really good uh, I think like you mentioned was that second in the first practice session the second practice session um, we were pretty solid I think we got bogged down on our mock run so we didn't show as much speed as we had liked to but then in qualifying you know we sat on top of the charts all the way until the end until Ryan Partridge knocked us off so um, you know being able to start on the front row on a quarter mile is really essential and crucial and And going into that race, I thought we were going to have a really good shot. Um, You know, just kind of biting our time, um, riding around, making sure we don't burn the tires up. 208 laps is a lot of laps on the tires that we're on, especially with no brake or pit stop. Took the lead there for a little bit, led some laps, decided to start on the bottom of the nine car there, that one restart. And for whatever reason, our car was just really tight compared to where we practiced. And I'm not sure if we can blame that on tire stagger or something you know, if the left rear grew or the right rear shrunk or what have you. And we just, we continued to fight on restarts and short runs. Um, it seemed like we'd always lose a position or two. And then I think it was uh, basically what, what I thought was going to be that last restart, uh, got back up into third and started to peak on the outside of Todd once or twice. And going into turn one, uh, I think we had some contact with a teammate and sent us around, which was really unfortunate because, we're really looking for a consistent, you know, strong showing, strong finish. Uh, been having really good runs on all our quarter miles. And, but I, I promise if it, if it wasn't for any bad luck, we wouldn't have any luck at all. Um, and it is, it is a bummer that it took away a good finish for our whole team. We needed we needed a good finish for to build team morale, especially coming out of Salt Lake after having, you know, tremendously bad luck out there. But nevertheless, you know, we'll, we'll keep our heads high. We'll move into All-American Speedway and and go for a W out there as well.
0: In the k Pro Series West, you visit several different tracks from year to year, but Meridian is one of those tracks you've raced at uh, before. You raced there last season, and you ran pretty well there. When you return to a track that you've done well at in the year before, what does that do for your confidence going into race day?
1: Yeah, I think you're not really second-guessing yourself as much. Uh, there's there's not as many unknowns. You know, You kind of reflect on what you did last year, what worked, what didn't work and you kind of keep a mental checklist on, on things you need to improve on the next time you, you go there. And, and I felt like we crossed all our T's out of all our I in doing that. And, um, and so I was really optimistic and excited to go back to Meridian. You know, last year uh, while we were at Meridian, we showed speed. We struggled to get that speed and it took us forever to find that speed. Thankfully we had a day of testing uh, the year before and Once we got up to the front last year, I remember getting out of the groove. Meridian is such a tricky track. It's so flat, but there's a lot of grip on the bottom, especially when they coat it with uh, some Coke syrup and such to make it really racy. You just barely get out of that groove and it's like you're on ice. And we did that last year, kind of got up in the fence and had to work hard to get back to a good finish. And so as far as that goes, there's just little room for error on on that small of a racetrack, you know, to put yourself uh, in a bad position where, where you can jeopardize a good finish. But, Um, I felt like we we didn't do that at all this year. We were uh, really smart in the way we raced and concerned tires. Like I said, we were just a little too bound up to to go after that um, third win of the season. And, you know, I thought we were going to settle in there for about uh, a solid third place finish until that late race incident happened with two to go.
0: You talked about how on the restarts, you know, you were fast on the outside early in the race. And then once you got to the bottom, your car got a little tight. Uh, is that something that you were expecting on these restarts as far as just the lane to be in? It seems like each track, you know, you kind of know after a certain point which lane you want to be in on the restart if you're leading. Uh, is that something that you had figured out at that point in the race?
1: No, not really, to be honest with you, because it was kind of that is one thing that, that I felt like changed from last year to this year. And, and that could be just uh, a result onto the way they syrup the outer groove. Um, because earlier in the race, when everybody w- was on fresh tires, it seemed like the bottom you know, prevailed more uh, when when you had good tires. But then when your tires wore off, it seemed like the top came in. And we just hadn't figured that out yet the time we we got the lead start on the bottom. And we figured we had to know then, rather than later in the race, if we were leading, whether the bottom was going to work or not. And so it was one of those deals that Crew Chief Ty Joyner and I were talking about on the radio right before the restart, whether we were going to restart on the top or bottom. And we knew we had just got by Ryan on the top side of the restart before, but we did kind of want to test the grounds on the bottom since we had been down there all race. And, um, you know, we rolled the dice and, and we lost, basically. You know, it didn't work out for us, and we lost two, three positions. I think we went all the way back to fourth and had to rally back after that. So um, that's definitely something that I felt like changed from last year and something we certainly learned uh, very quickly, that our car didn't, definitely didn't work as good on the bottom on restarts. And any time we were able to restart on the top, we were able to get that position back.
0: You mentioned the fact that this race was a 208-lap race as opposed to when you guys usually run 158-lap races on these short tracks. And, I mean, one thing that I would think would be a little different is maybe your conservation of tires, being that you got to make the whole race on them. But this was a race where we saw a lot of caution flags that really slowed down the race. So did you find that you really had to conserve, or did the cautions kind of take care of that for you?
1: Um, I would say yes and no. It it did seem like just because our car started off tight early in the going, you know, I felt like we wore out our right front, uh, faster than I would have liked it to do. Um, even though with all the cautions that flew to kind of bunch everybody up and, uh, to allow us to conserve tires on caution laps for what have you. But at the end of the day, it was another 58 laps, you know? Um, so I guess that would be like 116 extra corners that we had to make on the same set of tires that we would make on a 150 lap race. And so to that point, you know, you're always turning. It's such a small racetrack. Although the, the track isn't as abrasive, a you know, like other places we go to, it's a lot of turning and it's a lot of wear and tear on those tires. So um, nevertheless, like going throughout the whole race, I just tried my best not to slide the right front and get on entry uh, or make sure I took care of that right rear on throttle input all the way through exit, just not to over abuse it. Hopefully, you know, ensure that we had tires at the end, which I thought we did. You know, I I felt like the balance of the race car didn't change drastically or or too much throughout the course of, you know, say lap 25 to 208. Uh, It it stayed fairly well balanced, other than maybe got a little bit snugger, but overall, um, it showed consistent
0: speed per se. You mentioned the incident that happened late in the race that took you from a top five spot. I feel like we see this every week at these short track races where if you get a late race restart, somebody up at the front is going to end up losing their spot just due to people in the back getting overly aggressive. And in your situation there, you know, you were running up front and it just uh, really killed a a really good top five run. You guys were never lower than fourth uh, all race long up until that point. How tough is that to deal with late in the race when you know that people in the back are going to get more aggressive and that uh, it could happen to anybody?
1: Yeah, it was was frustrating and it was really hard to swallow. But at the same time, like, it's almost like you roll your eyes and just think back like, man, that's just how our season's gone. If anything could go right, you're just waiting for something to go wrong. And at that point I was, you know, it, it was in the back of my head and to kind of get turned around there, uh, not only by a competitor, but a teammate, yeah, it's, a little, it's frustrating, you know, um, nevertheless, we weren't side by side or anything. We just got a bump from the back and two laps to go. I understand people get aggressive to get that last position, but tough to swallow. And, and as a result of it, you know, we came home with a tore-up race car, and I hate it for all my guys. I have to go back to work so hard to turn around and get it ready for Roseville. So it's definitely a bad situation. But at the same time, you know, it, it's so um, – that's short track racing, quarter-mile racing. It's going to happen. And, unfortunately, it happened to us, the 50-car team, this, this weekend. And, um, you know, we it just goes to show you, going from last year, we were able to – I think we are the only car in the Canaan West Series to finish every single lap of that series, and this year, you know, I, I think we've had almost four DNS almost um, or, or, you know, bad position, bad finishes due to late race incidents. So it, it's frustrating, but at the same time, it makes you very humble to what we accomplished last year, and um, and so yeah, we just take it with a grain of salt. We keep our heads up high and and dig that much harder when we go to Roseville here in a couple weeks.
0: Yeah, with the tough luck you guys have had over the course of the last few races, I'm sure that can be tough to deal with as a team, but you guys have really looked good every week that you've gone out to the track. You know, like you said, you had uh, two really tough races out of Utah, but this weekend out at Meridian you went out there and you had a really strong run. You were fast all race long. So how proud are you of your team and all the hard work that they put in throughout the season, even with all the difficult stuff that has happened throughout the season?
1: Yeah, proud is an understatement because – you know, we as a team, as far as the 50 camp, you know, we were we were all discouraged. You know, we just, we went to Salt Lake, and uh, not only did we have to work extra hard than we were expecting, you know, we had two DNS on those road courses, and it's just really frustrating. And it's it's no fault to lack of effort because I mean my guys work harder than any team in in the K N series. I feel like, and and it was nothing that we could put blame on anybody per se. And so when we were able to go to Meridian and not miss a beat, unload with a lot of speed, you know, it, it made me very proud to be a part of that 50 team and a part of Bill McAnally race team that we can put all that behind us and make sure we focus on what's ahead of us. And at that point we were really focused on having a good run and good finish. And thought we had a shot at the W early, earlier in the day while we were there. And uh, and so to that point, uh, just, man, so super proud of all the guys, especially Brian, my car chief. I mean, he works so many hours on that 50 car, making sure everything's right. Um, and, and it shows because we, we hardly ever have mechanical failures. So all the guys did just a tremendous good job, couldn't ask for, for more effort or better effort, and really proud of, pr- proud of everybody.
0: Talked about these road course races this year. Really, your bad luck has kind of been at its height when you've been to the road races this year, the, the engines at Utah being taken out, coming to the starting line at Sonoma. And I'm really curious just because in both uh, both tracks, you looked really good in the practice sessions and in qualifying you know what would we have seen out of you guys on the road courses this year had you not have had your incidents?
1: It's so tough to say because, like you mentioned, you know we lost the motor pretty early in practice at Utah, and although we were, I felt like we were decent. Um, I I, had, I don't know. I just I didn't have as much seat time at Utah as I would have liked to going into that first race, and then not completing a single lap the first race, going into the second race. I felt like everything was at an unknown. I didn't know how tire wear was. You know how hard to go in the such so we were really going to make sure we we learned from what everybody else was doing based on what they learned the first race and we didn't get a chance to run the second race either so i was optimistic that we were going to have a good solid top five finish which is what we needed um i don't know if we had a car to compete with the 16 or the 7 to win but i felt confident that we could have ran up inside the top three or top five all day long uh, without an issue. So super bummed we didn't get to run uh, Utah. And, and the bad luck, like you mentioned, at Sonoma, it just seems like, man, all the bad luck strikes at those road courses. And, and it's a bummer because I, I tend to enjoy driving the road courses, even though we haven't had the luck there that we've wanted. Um, you know, maybe someday that luck will turn around.
0: Well, looking ahead, you've got one more race left on the season at All-American Speedway. That's a track you ran very well at last year. How important is a strong finish to you uh, to this season, and what are your expectations for this race at uh, BMR's home track?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, expectations are to go get a win. I mean, that's not our. I mean, not only is that our goal, that's our expectation. You know, you, anytime you go to the backyard of Bill McAnally Racing to Roseville, California, I mean, we're in the same position as we were in Meridian. We have nothing to lose. We have, you know, a few positions and points that we could gain but at the end of the day, we, we want to get a W, you know, I mean, we're going to take chances and and we want to add another win to our win column. Um, We we showed great speed there when I was there with Roger Bracken last year and Brandon McReynolds there last year with Ty Joyner, they showed a ton of speed. So um, I would expect nothing but to be top of the charts and, and hopefully go after that win. Obviously it's going to be tough. You know, Todd and the 16 is going to be tough. Uh, The seven, the 27, the nine, you know, your normal guys are going to be fast, but we're, we're going to take chances, and uh, we're going to try to get that third W of the, of the season.
0: Well, Chris, I mean, we got a few weeks until that race comes up, but we wish you the best of luck when you get out there, and thank you for joining us today on the show.
1: Absolutely. As always, it's always a pleasure coming on your program, and thanks for having me. Hey, this is Peyton Sellers, and you're listening to the Bill McAnally Access Racing Show.
0: Huge thanks to Chris Eggleston for joining us on the show again, winner of two races this season at Orange Show Speedway and at his home track, Colorado National Speedway, and last season's championship winner. Chris has the opportunity to go out and get a third win of the season in the West Finale at All American Speedway in a few weeks, a track he finished top five at last season. All American Speedway is a few weeks away, but this week is the KN East Finale from Dover International Speedway, and BMR driver Riley Herps will be in the field at Dover. So we'll get you ready for that final K&N East race of the year. This Friday marks the 14th race of the K&N East season, and it'll be a 125-lap race at Dover International Speedway. BMR has taken part in the Dover K&N East race a few times in years past. Back in 2007, Bill McAnally Racing and former driver Brian Eichler made the trip to Dover and ran the number 15 Napa Auto Parts car. They qualified 4th but ended up having a tough race out of the Monster Mile. Then up to 2014, Cole Custer drove a 00 Napa car to a 14th place finish at Dover. And in 2015, former BMR k and series driver Nick Drake drove to a strong 5th place finish at the track, the best BMR Dover finish to date. Aside from the road courses he's raced at this season, Dover will be the largest track Riley's raced at thus far in his NASCAR K&N Pro Series career. For race fans in Northern California, it's about time to get ready for a big night of racing. I'm talking about the Toyota Napa Auto Parts 150 presented by Trico Welding Supplies, the championship race for the NASCAR k and Pro Series West. That's coming up just around the corner. That's Saturday night, October 15th at Roseville's All-American Speedway and you can get your tickets today. Order your general admission tickets now on BMRNapa.com and you can get $5 off your race ticket. Or go with that VIP ticket for special access on race day. Gates open at 4 p.m. and at 6 p.m. we get the racing started. Legends cars, mini cups, late models, in the grand finale of the NASCAR K&N Pro Series West season. And when the race ends, we crown a champion. That's October 15th at Roseville's All-American Speedway. Get your tickets today at bmrnapa.com. I want to remind you that all of our episodes can be found on the Bill McAnally Racing SoundCloud page. Everything new and everything from earlier in the season as well can be found right on there. You can also find us on iTunes in the podcast section and listen to us on your phones using the podcast app. Continue to check BMRNapa.com for all race recaps, event photo galleries, and tickets for upcoming races. Thanks once more to Chris Eggleston for joining us on today's show. Best of luck to Riley Herbst and the number 19 team out in Dover. And thanks for tuning in to the show. And tune in next time to the Bill McAnally Racing Access Show. You've been listening to the Bill McAnally Racing Access Show on BMRNapa.com.